You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Keith. Johnson. The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menounos and Bing.com and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's This Is How I Made It After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424-256-1729. That's 424-256-1729. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's This Is How I Made It After Show. Thank you, thank you. Welcome. Bing is for doing, and we are doing another episode of This Is How I Made It, Episode 7. My name is Thomas, and right across from me... Nigel McGinnis, send it to win it. And Kendra Cavasel. You need a catchphrase. Growing up in the tough suburbs <laughs> of Montreal. <laughs> Which we learned that also apparently the most beautiful women are from Montreal. According to Nigel. Yes. Yeah, according to most people, you ask. Don't and you they're yeah. from the rough streets of London? Uh, roughly, roughly. Roughly. But th- he's going to tell us how he made it. Yeah, we'll get to that later. Yeah. You know, but first, let's go ahead and talk about Miss <laughs> Carly Kloss, but you know, I am a bad speller, by the way, and I misspelled her name, even though I had the name right in you front of me. You have to put it out there. I know, it's okay. You got to make, okay. make your faults. Okay. You got to make things you're good at, and I'm good at talking. Not so good at spelling. And Carly Claus. <laughs> it's Christmas, I mean, right? You know, that was my agenda. It's Christmas yeah. <laughs> but, no, So it's you go fine. for the tough streets of St. Louis. Santa Claus is illegitimate daughter. It's Carly Claus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway, but yeah, she grew up, you know, in St. Louis. She had a very normal childhood, you know, just typical Midwestern girl. And, mm-hmm. you know, she was big into sports, you know, like a lot of people when they're young. And then she hit that growth spurt. I think it was right around age 13, grew six inches in the summer, entered her sports career mm-hmm. and, you know, became very lanky and became very self-conscious over her long arms and long legs, legs excuse me, which are, you know, a lot of times model attributes. You have to right. be very tall to walk the runway. And it's kind of interesting that those were things that she was very intimidated about mm-hmm. and later in life she's come to embrace mm-hmm. and so have the modeling scouts yeah well but it was suitable for ballet because that's something that she got into. <laughs> he's he's laughing at my notes oh yeah kinda take kinda kinda, 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 talk. kinda takes amazing notes by the way which is what we found out all up here <laughs> exactly i'm gonna turn this over because he's looking at <laughs> it just says ballet <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, so, well, Car- Which Carly I didn't need did, to write. Yeah, she did take ballet, and she, yeah. you know, that was something that she went into, and she was very good at. Yeah. But it also kind of hindered her modeling career. It's, it kind of shows like sometimes you have to take, you have to stay on one road. You can't branch, branch out into too many roads, you know, you'll lose focus. Well, she was never thinking of modeling. So, you know, she, she was going forth with ballet, it, it developed her, I don't know, her poise, et cetera. But then it also hindered her because she would walk with duck feet, she said. Yeah. So she had her feet out, and she was she was in maybe in Paris or someplace in Europe. She was uh, walking the runway, and right mm-hmm. before they were like, "You walk like a duck. You need to yeah. change your feet." And she tried so hard to change her feet. She's like, "I, I kept trying. I walked yeah. back and forth, and they had to cut me, and it devastated her." Yeah. But that's now become her trademark in modeling. Yeah. So who would have thought? You know. 
Right. If it walks like it that. seemed like a different um, episode tonight. I don't know about you guys. Like, mm-hmm. like the last, there's been a few episodes where people really struggled for a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, had a real sort of you know character arc, um, and, and obviously, you know, Big Sean certainly paid his dues to some extent. To some extent, but to, compared to a lot of the other people we've seen on here, I kind of felt like well, Carly Cross never really even wanted to be a model mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and almost sort of it was not given to her on a plate but you could certainly say that you know it was like opportunity met kind of just you know sort of fell into it and decided yeah. once she'd already been on runways that this is what she wanted to do and whoop de do she's off to the races but I, I, I don't know that many people sitting out there sort of struggling with what they're going to do with their life are going to look at her and go, okay, yeah, now I can be a model. Or what, do you, what do you guys think? Well, I think I think this episode was all about timing, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. It just showed, as, as we get to Big Sean later, but it just showed mm. both of them, it was just timing. Like, they were at the right place at the right mm-hmm. time, they got discovered, and boom, it kind of went. And mm-hmm. unfortunately in life, a lot of times it's all about the right place at the right time. And mm-hmm. it'll if it's meant to be, it will happen. I, that's something I truly believe. It may take longer or shorter. It just depends on your journey in life. But a lot of times it's just that timing. You know, yeah. such as relationships, or what's your thoughts? I mean, she acknowledged it. She said, you know, she's lucky. She didn't really seek this career, and it was kind of something that popped in her head when she was scouted. So, Right. I but mean, is that inspiring to people sitting out there watching, do you think? Well, it just shows reality. But is it inspi- inspiring in what way? Because how, you know, you can't sit at home. Anybody say, oh, sitting at I... home now with a dream, having watched this episode, do you think they'd be as inspired to pursue their dreams as they would have done watching the other previous episodes? I think in a way, I think if you're going to be, I think, you know what it's, I, I think, I think in a way they may, they may be inspired. It's not as going to be as much of a struggle as, you know, as some people that they went through, but not everyone's life is a huge struggle. And, you know, it's, kind of how I look at it. Well, I think they'd be more inspired by Big Sean, just inspired to kind of say something to whoever, you know, like speaking to Kanye, who who has the guts to kind of just go up to Kanye and say, yeah. can I spit for you? Mm-hmm. And he even, <laughs> you know, okay, sorry. Wait. But isn't that funny? <laughs> Coming from me? No, no. It, no it, it, like, 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 like verbiage, like, like yeah. how words have changed so much. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, 20 years ago, if you'd have walked up to somebody and said, hey, can I spit for you? They'd have been like, what on earth are you talking about? Right? Right. I mean, I, even now, I don't know. I mean, I, I can surmise. Obviously, right. I understand what, you know, I can read between the lines. But they, he said that, like, this is what made me laugh. Um, when he was spitting for Kanye, mm-hmm. he saw Kanye vibing. Right. Mm-hmm. That, but that you know. No, well, I don't know. I mean, you know, vibing can be misconstrued as well, right? Okay. No, well, I mean, again, vibing's vibing. Like, you feel the vibes. Right. You kind of feel like it's kind of, it, it can be taken kind of like um, like Ratchet we broke down a while back. But it's kind of like you can, <laughs> <laughs> vibing is just kind of like that way you feel about something. Yeah. Just like, you know, like if you you see a girl, right? You'd be like, oh, I'm vibing her. Oh, you know, you see a guy, I'm vibing him, whatever, you know? <laughs> Do you this is not made, like a vibe. I feel the vibes. I get I'm it. Sorry. I like it. Yeah. I'm We're totally her. getting off topic here. But yeah, it's all about the vibes. And I mean, and Carly was vibing when but she. If I said I was vibing my girlfriend last weekend, then that could be misconstrued as well right kind of it depends on where your mind is well in the <laughs> in the your mind's in that gutter <laughs> you need to clean that gutter it's rainy season hey, it rains all, here in LA we're all in the gutter but some of us are looking at the stars Oscar well, Wilde in said the context, that in the context I understand Kanye, yeah, yeah, yeah he yeah. was just bold to, to step up to him and yeah, say very much so. I you know show you what right. I have and, and Kanye was nice to listen to that you know yeah totally right. I mean he was on his way out he had things to do was a and then man. even after he signed which I thought was interesting was once he'd signed a deal he didn't automatically get to that next stage he had to put out what three mixtapes before he even you know 
broke through to to get that sort of level of fame, right? Yeah, totally. But was it not, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but it seemed to be once he started um, working with other people who were already well-known, that was when he broke through. Yes or no? A little um, bit. He, he got he created a fan base with his mixtapes. A little bit, a, a fan base, but but to get to that stage where he's really popular and making well, he, money. he he started like remember like when he was he, what was it? I forget what age it was he was in high school. Oh, before we get into this, you guys, uh, be sure to go to iTunes.com and rate us and comment on us and download us. We we love to hear your feedback. We love we love five stars. It's amazing. It changes our life. But <laughs> be sure to go to iTunes and iTunes and download us. Highly appreciate it. But, you know, back to that, like, it was back when he was in high school. He was, uh, there was some radio station in Detroit, and they had those free... Um, the Cypher. You know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's the Cypher. Exactly. So he would go, and he would rap, and they would have little contests. He did it for about a year. And then he just kind of grew from there. Mm-hmm. And then um, he was at the station and ran into Kanye, and, you know, that's when you said he was spitting his lyrics out to him. And um, he gave him his tape, and he kind of just kept growing, and he ended up getting... Kanye called him back, what, like a year later? It was a long time after, uh, yeah. M- maybe, mm-hmm. like, a year and a half. It was his senior year right before prom. And uh, called him back and was like, hey, I'm going to be in Detroit. You know, let's meet up. Mm-hmm. And he ended up getting signed. And then, mm. yeah, because and then he mentioned, why would Def Jam want to take a take a risk with me if they can make money off Rihanna or people that are well-known artists. So that's when that's when he did all those mixtapes. And you're right, it did take him three of them. But he was he was in a in a, in a duo with, what, what was the guy called? Pat, I think it was Pat. Pat Piff. Piff. Pat Piff. Pat Piff. And Pat Pretty was actually the one, that, or Piff, excuse me, was the one. Oh, you look at her notes. Piff was the one that got... Going back. <laughs> Good times after Buzz TV. <laughs> no, but, but Piff was the one that actually got signed initially. Remember, they said they, well, they both got signed, but Piff was the one that they said... You can you can work better on your own, can't like no, no, they, no, they, they only Sean. wanted they only wanted Sean. They, they didn't want Sean, okay. Piff, yeah. and and it reminded not reminded me, it made me think of that um the, the, that duo that was on. I don't know if it was America's Got no, I think it was in England uh, in um, Britain's Got X Talent oh. or X Factor, whichever one it was. Um, there was a duo, uh, mm-hmm. a girl and, and a big heavy set guy that kind of reminded me of Hugo from Lost. Remember that guy? Uh huh. Anyhow, and they sang like they were going to sing uh, an opera sort of duo together and everyone was kind of like laughing at him because he just looked like a pretty much like a, like a fat kid you know what I mean mm-hmm. and he blew them away like absolutely blew the, the judges away and they said to him really we think you're the you're the person here you're mm-hmm. the person that should go through the next stage and he said if it's not both of us together then it's nothing and, and that was so like it almost made me cry you know because mm-hmm. it's just to know that it, he never would have had the guts probably to get up there on his own but because of that you know, that mm-hmm. girl he was friends with yeah. helped him get there. He said, it's, it's both of us together or not, you know. And, mm-hmm. and I, I wondered whether Pat Piff felt hard done by. We didn't hear his story. I mean, well, we, we, he's not as famous as Big Sean, you uh, know. But that was mature of them to have that discussion after Big Sean was selected mm-hmm. to say, you I guess know, if, well, right, if we believe what they say. Well, <laughs> well, I, do, I do believe I, it. I do because that happened with Nelly and the St. Lunatics. He mm-hmm. had a whole crew and Nelly was the one who was chosen. Oh, really? And okay. He said, you know, I can bring you guys along once I'm I'm up here. Right. And he did. But it's funny because I, I, I see it in wrestling a lot. I mean, not that it, you know, I mean, you have tag teams mm-hmm. and it's very rarely that one of the people from the tag team gets taken up or whatever else. But a lot of people, when they go to WWE, say, right, my crew, the guys that I traveled the road with, I'm going to get them into WWE after time. Mm-hmm. And it, it doesn't happen that often. It very rarely 
rarely sort of happens for whatever reason. Mm. Um, so I, I so I wonder, you know. Eminem too, an Eminem made. I remember. Um, I cannot remember the name of the group that uh, he was with before. Yeah, I know. But it was like his second or third album is when he incorporated them into it, and that was something that he had promised if whoever had, would make it. They made their own album too. Mm-hmm. And, and he helped. Get, I cannot think of the name. Forgive me. I'm if you guys know, go ahead and tweet us. You know, let us know. Um, I'm at Thomas Guide. Where, where do they find you guys at? At McGinnis Nigel. At Kendrick Havisa. Yeah, go ahead and let us know if you know the name of that group. But uh, if anyone's familiar, like when Eminem made it, like he made that promise and kind of helped. It, it does happen a lot. Maybe yeah. it's different in wrestling. It might be. But I feel like in, in music, especially if you grow up in the tough streets of Detroit, or <laughs> we're kind of mocking because everyone grew up in tough streets. And of it's, Detroit. It's, yeah. Of Detroit. Or, <laughs> but, but yeah, I think everyone kind of looks out for each other, and that's because they know the, the chance of the group actually making it is more difficult than it would be for like an individual, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I guess so. Is uh, Eminem got like a new new album out at the moment or not? Do you know? I don't think I so. I think he has new music. I don't know if it's a new album though. No, he just turned forty this year, I think. Forty mm-hmm. years old. Wow. What are you guys going to be getting for Christmas for for your significant others? Go ahead. <laughs> well, is that yes, Amazon? It, it Amazon. was a plug. <laughs> well, that's what I was like. Go ahead, see, because well, I'm going to go to Amazon.com <laughs> and you can find Amazon.com if you go ahead and click on the banner at AfterBuzzTV.com. You know, I'm actually going to go ahead and buy. Um, I don't know, maybe you, you can buy flowers on Amazon. I'm coming to buy some flowers yeah. for my mom. Can yeah, her birthday that? was just on. Mama Joe was here last week. Yeah, happy her, birthday. I know. She, her birthday was on Friday. I'm going to buy her some flowers. It's a little late, but I hope she forgives me. Yeah, yeah I mean, you could get a lot of things. I, I didn't know you could get flowers on there. You mm-hmm. get pretty much anything. I mean, I guess that's why they call it Amazon, right? Because mm-hmm. the Amazon rainforest is supposed to have like every species of like animal in the world within the Amazon. Good segue. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, it is. But so it's real simple, isn't it? Basically, if you're going to buy something on Amazon, Instead of going to Amazon, go to Afterbuzz TV first, click on the link that will take you to Amazon, and that really helps us out. It does. It helps us keep the lights on here, and yeah, it definitely helps us get a little Christmas bonus over here. Appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, I don't know. Any other thoughts? Oh, can we go ahead and put uh, my last up, Marissa, by uh, Big Sean, or Sean Anderson? Featuring. I was 14 years old. Oh. There we go. That was cool. What, what, what's this called? This is, uh, this is my last. I'm hit this drink. My last. I'm going hit this night up like it's my last. I'm going hit this ass up like it's my last. I swear, I'm a swear. I'm going do it like I like it. You're familiar with the song, right? I'm vibing to it. I'm vibing. Wait a second. I've got a girlfriend. I wish she's in Montreal. You got a little more room between the guys. Joking. Let's all calm down. Okay. Anyway. Yeah, but you've heard this song before. No, right? that, that didn't ring any bells. Really? No. I've heard this, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I didn't realize it was I mean, I don't listen song. to the radio that much, so, you know, I mean, uh, I'm really kind of, you know, not, not really up to date with music, you know? Well, and that's, that's what he mentioned. Like, after he was, he, he did mixtape, um, Finally Famous Volume 1, Volume 2, Finally Volume 3 hit it. And um, he, was, he was working with, um, I think he said, didn't he mention he was in L.A.? Work. You know, that was before when he was, in, was working with Kanye West. Kanye, yeah. and, he, and I think those working with Kanye helped him get his lyrics down because he, he would come at Kanye with these lyrics. And Kanye was like, no, you got to do better. No, you mm-hmm. got to do better. No, you can do better. And he's like, dude, I worked on these all day. Yeah. And I think Kanye, you know, the interesting thing about his story, to get back to what you said initially, he had a mentor. Kanye West was Big Sean or Sean Anderson's mentor. I mean, Sean had to push for that. Like, he mm. had to hand him his demo. He, had to, he happened to have his demo at the right time when he was rapping for Kanye at the radio station. 
in Detroit. But, you know, Kanye kind of took him under his wing. And, you know, that's a lot of times, I don't know if any of you guys are in high school or college, but, like, it's really good if you find a mentor because they really will help not necessarily pave the road for you, mm-hmm. but they can teach you their mistake. They can teach you from their mistakes so you don't make those second mistakes or third. Or well, I kind of felt like both the people on, on this, today's show kind of, you know, they, they put themselves in the right positions and they very quickly had success. Mm-hmm. And, I, and maybe I'm wrong with this. I don't know too much about the history. But if you think about like an Elvis or, or a Johnny Cash or someone like that, I kind of felt it was kind of the same thing, mm-hmm. um, that they just were immediately recognized as having talent and then all of a sudden, boom, you know. And, and I think that was because, and I could be wrong here, but like in the 80s, we were all sort of convinced that you had to have a dream and you had to pursue that dream and anyone could do it. And I think that that created a whole generation of people striving for their dreams, which meant it was arguably more difficult to get their dreams. So that, that these stories that we're hearing today, I think are the exceptions to the rule. And the, the most people that do have mm-hmm. success now, it comes you know a lot harder. Well, I think he did have to work though a little. Like he, he, he got it. Well, he, he did get the initial success. Like he said, he got signed to the record label, mm-hmm. but he didn't he mention it's not what you think it is. Like it was very hard for him to get out there after getting signed because they wouldn't take that chance on him. Mm-hmm. So he realized he's like, I got to create that that ground buzz. I got to create that buzz on the street. Mm-hmm. But creating that buzz on the street is going to create demand for me. And he even said, Chris Brown was like, dude, dude, I love your record. I, I love your tape. To it, yeah. yeah, I mean that, that's a pretty big. You know, that's that's pretty. I big guess deal. I think it also comes uh, begs the question. You know, what really is hard work? You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. if you're a single mother and you have to work, you know, two full-time jobs to make sure mm-hmm. that your kids stay in school, that's hard work. Right. But sort of, you know, spitting tunes and, you know, doing that for eight hours a day is difficult, sure. You know, I don't want to take anything away from it, but, you know, I just think that there's something the to be said for that. used loosely, right? Right, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. I think yeah. it's very easy to say, oh, I worked so hard, I worked so hard, and I can say it myself, you know, from, from when I was wrestling. And I used to, you know, eat every three hours and go to the gym five days a week and be away every weekend. And Yeah, I think it's a question of discipline. So mm-hmm. hard work, you know, discipline and paying your dues because a lot of the artists who are big now, Jay-Z, etc., they sold, you know, tapes out of their trunks back in the day. And, and today, that's not really, that doesn't translate. So I think Big Sean going to the streets was kind of his way of saying, well, I need to, you know, work at this, work at this, <laughs> you know, and, and make something out of it. I think that is true. And, you know, with, you know, he didn't even bring up technology, which is interesting that a lot of other you know, people have in the past. They bring up like, oh, I did Twitter and Facebook and was growing my fan base. He actually did the street groundwork, mm-hmm. which is something you would have heard, you know, yeah, like you said, back with Jay-Z and you know, like more than mid-90s and mm-hmm. even late 90s, early 2000s. But now things have changed with technology. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think I, I picture him as being a very hard worker because he even said, because Big Sean, we're talking about Big Sean again. He said that, you know, I, I didn't hear back from Kanye. So I was planning on going to college, go to, I think it was Michigan State. Mm-hmm. And um, all of a sudden he heard back. So he had other options. He's like, I'm going to go to school and work on this. He was very smart about it. He's like, I'm going to get a, his, it's probably his mom and grandma pushed yeah. him. And he did, oh, that's something too we didn't talk about. He mentioned that his grandma put him in private school and he grew up in a really bad neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So I think that always pushed him to do well because he knew his grandma had sacrificed to put him in a good school. I think, uh, was it Flo Rida did the same thing? Mm-hmm. He was in private school or, or had better opportunities than some of his friends. And it, maybe Meek Mill, I can't remember. I think, I think you can so. definitely see that's a unifying a theme. theme from a lot of people yeah. that, that that grew up in, in tough areas, <laughs> that, that they had one person that... Mm-hmm. that 
for whatever reason, mm-hmm. they manage to sort of identify with and keep them in a certain path. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's, that's something to be taken from this. Yeah, and he and he was realistic <laughs> from the beginning about this, which is what I like, mm-hmm. that he was going to go to college and pursue this on the side until it hit, but he was going to definitely have that solid job. Because mm-hmm. as we all know, working in this industry, you know, whether you're working in um, the production side, you know, the wrestling side, any type of entertainment, it can be very difficult at times, and yeah. it can be feast or famine. Yeah. And that is the reality of the situation. Yeah. I'm off my soapbox, so <laughs> just kind of joking. Come on down. How many more episodes do we have? You know, I think it's twelve episodes this season. Twelve episodes. Yeah. Okay, fantastic. But it depends on how they space them out. MTV right. uh, keep in touch with us. We love hearing back from you guys, and they um, keep us on our toes. They definitely do. Yeah. <laughs> and um, anything else? Do you guys want to? You have some pictures that you wanted to pull yeah, up. Yeah, we had the After Buzz holiday party this weekend, and in honor of Jesse, who can't be here today. He has uh, an event. Um, we have some pictures of him spinning. Not spitting. Spinning. Oh, Mark. Oh, there you go. That is uh, DJ yeah. Jesse Janity. On the ones and twos. No threes and fours? No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I, I have really bad sense of humor. No, I'm joking. But yeah, that's ju- is that the picture? Any more pictures? Let's there's see if there's any more. Just of the turntable. Very dynamic. Is it? Yeah, so so it was our it was our Christmas party this Friday. Everyone here at Afterbus TV got together, you know, and we we got to all talk and have a good time outside of work, and it was something we we really enjoyed. It's yeah. a good time. Yeah, it was good. Where were you? I was uh, working hard. And oh, what right. about you working on? Yeah, tell us about your project. And well, I think I've we have been that uh, clip making too. a documentary um, really for the last eight months, nine months of my life. I used to be a professional wrestler. I retired at the end of the last year and went on a retirement tour. Uh, filmed it all, had 70 hours worth of footage and had to essentially turn that 70 hours into 90 minutes. Um, and to do that, I went on kickstarter.com, which I, I have you all familiar with. Um, is that um, you? That is me. Can we, can we back it up to the start? Or not? Hold on a second. Um I have blonde hair, Nigel. This is a trailer for the um, documentary that that I'm uh, about to be putting out here in a second, if we can. Here we go. When I was 14 years old, I had a dream. A dream that nearly a decade later, I couldn't forget. I thought it was my destiny to be a professional wrestler on national TV. A decade later, I finally made it. Or so I thought. In less than a year, it was over. Right, so you disappeared, yeah, you're off television, you're done. Um, what's the story? And nobody knew why. I think a lot of people have, have read on the internet that I've got hepatitis C, and everybody else thinks I've just got brain damage. This is the story of my final tour. On the shows where I started, with the people I knew. No, I can't wrestle anymore, please feel sorry for me. <laughs> it was the last time I'd ever wrestle. The last chance to say goodbye. The last hope for a resolution. The last of McGuinness. Wow. And where can they find that at, Nigel? Uh, if you go to nigelwrestling.com, that's my website. Um, there are a few left. Basically, um, to get this thing funded, to get this made, I had to put it on Kickstarter and I had about a thousand people donate money to it. Um, so they're going to get a DVD and the ones that are remaining, I'm selling off my website. Um, so I'll be doing some media in the upcoming weeks and stuff like that. But if you want to see the real thing, the real deal, Holyfield, nigelwrestling.com and um, you get one of the last ones for that Christmas time on Amazon. Unfortunately, not yet. <laughs> yeah, where can they find you on Twitter? Uh, at McGinnis Nigel. Yeah. Is it? Oh. Yeah, oh. at McGinnis Nigel. I'm on Facebook as well. Yeah. Um, but you know, that's, that's the the easiest way to tweet me on there. 
you know so but it's interesting you know this this whole series that we've been doing is, is called this is how i made it mm-hmm. um and it's always been very sort of difficult for me to come to terms with that because i was on tv mm-hmm. you know i i had some time there people know i had my, I had my own little action figure you know mm-hmm. what I mean? But it, I never got to the stage where I'm recognizable on the street, you know, where mm-hmm. I never went to WWE to where people would say, okay, you made it. Well, some people did, some people didn't. And, and that to me is why this, this whole series is so interesting to me um, because, you know, I, I have to constantly sort of come to terms with that, trying to understand what my career was, what it wasn't and what's important and what isn't important to me, you know, like, is it, is it important that there, are, there aren't millions of people around the world that could recognize me or is it more important there are thousands of people around the world that I mean the world to? I don't know, you know, that's, that's a... What, if I can ask, what was your goal with it? Do you think it was for the thousand people or for... I think it was for the for the millions of people, really. But it, I just, I, I just ultimately, my goal was to prove that if you have a dream, whatever that dream is, and you never give up, and you bust your ass, and you believe in yourself, that you can make it. That was my goal. You know, I just wanted to. You know, I remember sitting in Wembley Stadium, and mm-hmm. I was fourteen years old, or however old I was, watching SummerSlam '92, the British Bulldog and Bret the Hitman mm-hmm. Hart. And I remember sitting there, and my hair standing on end, just feeling like I'm going to be a professional wrestler. And at the time, I was small and skinny and like no one everyone just thought I was being ridiculous you know especially living in England mm-hmm. um, and, but I just I, I just really believed it I just, just I, for whatever reason I just had that feeling it was going to happen and that was why I came to America and that was why I, I, I paid my dues and I made my sacrifices and I refused to give up and then I got very close kind of touched it and then it sort of fell by the wayside but you'll have to watch the movie to understand exactly what happened um, and uh, you know well, that's oh, a great no. That's a great story to share with our viewers because you know. But in a way, like you actually did make it. You set something out and you actually accomplished that. And I think that shows like you. I mean, I had that same experience when I was a kid, not wrestling, but you know, I saw news anchors and you know, I was a reporter briefly, and I was like, I'm going to do that. I'm going to, and mm-hmm. I had it in my head and did it. Like you know, against all odds, I ended up doing that for a couple of years. And um, but I think that shows like you. I mean, that's a very tough industry to break into. And you were like, no, I'm going to do this. This is what I'm going to do. And you know, it, it was a year time, but I think that's a pretty awesome story and um it's more than you know a lot of people ever get to do in their lifetime and it's something to share and you know i think you know your struggles that you you know the little brief you know part right here that you showed um that hopefully that can help other people you know work through whatever they're well, I hope so. Like I said, I, I mean, I've had a lot of feedback so far. I put it up, and some wrestling fans that donated money have seen it. And all the feedback so far has been very, very positive, talking about how a lot of it resonated with them I and mean, people that never even tried to be wrestlers. And I think that's the thing. There are certain unifying themes that we see when we watch these shows, themes of just, you know, the, the human the human psyche, you know, how mm-hmm. we all have certain dreams, we all have certain goals in life. We all want to do more than just exist. You know, we, we want our lives to mean something. And I think that's one thing that carries through that and, and understanding that. I, I wonder sometimes, and I said on a couple of occasions, a couple of these people that are on, this is how I made it. Do you think, that, you know, after the show's over and they're back at home in the hotel on their own and they've got maybe no one that they really can trust to talk to or whatever else, they think mm-hmm. the only people want to be friends with them because they've got money. Do they feel 
like they've made it or do they go, you know what, I wish I could just have a best friend. I wish I could go back to being 14 years old again where everything was easy. I, you don't know, you know. How did that feel for you? Did you have that? Um, that's interesting. Like, did you, when you, when you were in the limelight, did you have that experience where you didn't, where you, you it was hard to trust people? Or? No, no, I never got to that stage. I, I, mean, I never got to WWE where I was making mm-hmm. the millions of dollars. I got to the stage where I was wrestling on some big crowds. I wrestled in front of like 20,000 people in Japan. Wow. And the, the, when I was about 15 years old, I skipped school to go and watch WCW at Wembley Arena. Uh, it's the first time I ever saw William Regal. It was a very, very big sort of famous English wrestler and one of the best of that generation. And I remember the same thing sitting there going, yeah, I really want to do this. I really want to do this. And uh, about 15 years later, I was uh, in Wembley Arena as like the top British guy there wrestling against one of the American guys and like 8,000, 9,000 people cheering me on. That was where I really feel like, wow, I've made it now. You know, I really felt like this is it and I've achieved my dream and it's all, it's all like this now. You know, I felt like I was, I was, you know, Big Sean when he finally had that record, you know, or, mm-hmm. or Car- Carly Cost when she finally, you know, got on that runway, except they carried on and I didn't. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I think I I really want to check that out now. It sounds like it yeah, sounds like a really too. good documentary on it, yeah. and it kind of shed a different light. Like obviously having worked worked with you and now seeing this, it kind of shed a different light on on your life. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm quite a sort of outward the gregarious and I sort of say things for effect and shock sometimes but I think that's just because I try and project this thing like I've got to make an impact on somebody you know what I mean I want to make sure that if I meet them one person one time they still remember who I am whereas obviously everybody underneath that has you know layers Mm -hmm. like an onion Oh, Nigel. Um, Nigel. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> on that note. Do you, do you speak French? I, just I do. You do? Do you? Uh, un peu. Oh. I don't know what that means. Very But on that note, that, that does that for us this week. Uh, again, my name is Thomas. You can find me at Thomas Guide. Play with my Twitter at uh, T-O-M-A-S-G-U-I-D-E. At Kendra Cabasel, K-E-N-D-R-A-K-A-B-A-S-E-L-E. And again, it's Nigel. Nigel Wrestling. Buy my DVD. You will love it. You want more of it. <laughs> Thanks again. Messy. From Bing.com, executive producers <laughs> Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz. Buzz. See you later. Merci beaucoup, Dick. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.